Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. Welcome to another episode of Rise and Pod with Adrian Conway. Look, we are in the thick of the offseason here. Things are literally just getting rolling, and I wanted to tap on and discuss a little bit of this Rogue Invitational. If you guys tapped into the last episode that I recorded, I talked about the programming, the layout, some of my thoughts, um, and and ultimately, you know, just just really my opinion on the test in itself. Um I loved the layout of the tests. I thought they were very fun. I thought they were very appropriate, particularly for what we know Rogue is testing for, which isn't necessarily um, looking for the fittest on earth. They're, they're, they're testing for a, a particular competition. And the end result is going to be who's really good at CrossFit um, in, in a particular flavor. Um, we know that when the athletes show up on site, in Texas for the Rogue Invitational, that they're they're hosted at uh, Dell Diamond Arena, and it is a very fun vibe. Uh, you know, it's typically the week of Halloween, and um, it is it is something. You know, I got to be a part of last year. I've watched it very closely every year, um, but it has a very unique flavor. And I say that because we're we're coming off the high of the CrossFit Games. It is essentially um, the wrap up for many of the twenty. 23 season when they get there but for a lot of people and i think this is what makes it special for a lot of folks this is where momentum can be created i think about athletes last year um who went to rogue and showed out i think about chandler smith making his return at rogue last year i think about laura horvath putting on an absolute show at rogue last year with many many event wins a great execution and then I think about the seasons they would go on to have uh, the next year. And so I think a lot of times for athletes that might just come up short of their goals or athletes that even have a bit of a setback or a challenging year, uh, the Rogue Invitational ask, at, acts as that. Um, so the, the qualifier being here already and it being that time of the year where we're trying to see, okay, what games athletes are going to get ready. Um, they're going to take a very brief break. They're probably not going to do a ton of training leading into doing these qualifiers because most of these athletes, folks, they need time to deload and reload. And I'm not talking just a couple weeks. I'm talking like a month of time away from the gym, time in the absence of loading. Um, and, and this takes maturity and really good guidance. But a lot of times that's what these athletes need if they're playing the long game with their fitness. If they're not caught up in this, I've got to be as fit as possible in the next two years type approach, which any athlete listening to this, any coach listening to this, I, I hope and pray that the long game is what you're playing uh, because this sport can become very dangerous. Um, the level of fitness that needs to be acquired in order to play at a high level, to be at the CrossFit games, even to be a semifinal athlete. And without the appropriate approach of deloads and reloads, coaches forcing their athletes to get outside of the gym, create a life that is a bit of balance, um, if you will, I know a lot of people achieve a lot of great things and they get on their pedestal about, you know, there should be no balance in your life. I'm, I don't actually believe that. I think that if you want to play the long game, you need balance. If you want to have a healthy perspective on your performance, healthy expectations about yourself and who you are as a human being, you certainly need to have a ton of meaning outside of the sport and outside of the methodology. And I could rant on that for a long time. We could, we could make that a whole different episode of, of a podcast, of course, which, hey, if y'all want to listen to it, you let me know that you want to listen to it. But today I wanted to get on and talk not specifically about the tests, but the results of the test. Now, folks, it is only Tuesday mountain standard time here, approximately 5 PM. Got to get ready to go coach youth flag football. I'm a rookie at this. So be praying for me. If you're listening to these episodes, 
But I wanted to literally shoot it a little bit on the, the results that we see on the leaderboard. And I say about the, the day and time because they might not be finalized yet. Um, but I was excited when I saw these come out. So I figured let's go ahead and dive in and take a look. If you guys are watching this on the YouTubes, I do have the screen pulled up here as a screen share. And I figure there's no better place than to kind of jump in and go ahead and talk about the men first. And again, I want to lean in and say, I don't know if these are official. And I also want to say, you know, a lot of these results are not surprising. And um, you're going to notice immediately at the top is we don't have a slew of male competitors because I'm starting with the men, male competitors that were at the CrossFit Games this year. And there's a few things that, again, people I, I alluded to, and I'll let you know, you know, athletes are resting, athletes are deloading, reloading. And even if they're not completely taken off, they probably made a bit of a last minute decision to jump into these because they looked so appetizing or they looked so fun or they were getting the itch already, or they asked their coach like, yo, can I jump in on these? So. They're taking five. We're going to start from the bottom and work our way up with Giorgos Caravas. Now, I hope that he won't be offended if I am not saying his name accurately. Um, I haven't really covered this athlete very much, and I'm going to go ahead and lean in and tell you guys that historically, he has been to the CrossFit Games two times, in 2021 and in 2022. Now, this year, he withdrew from the European semifinal. With that considered, again, something happened there, right? Something happened on a weekend, or he got injured, or he was sick. But to withdraw means that I'm going to tell you right now, as an athlete, as a competitor, you've been to the game several times, and you got this opportunity taken from you. He was out for blood on this qualifier. He was probably not necessarily peaked, of course, but he trained hard throughout the summer with this on his mind. He didn't get to taste the CrossFit Games. He didn't get to be on the floor. He didn't get to travel to Madison, Wisconsin. All these things were taken from him, and he experienced them the previous two years. This lights a fire on an athlete that you wouldn't believe. I've been on this side. I've qualified for the CrossFit Games as an individual in 2015, 2016. Tried to go back as an individual again, and I fell a few points shy. There was nothing more that fired me up for the next year to go team and put together a strong team to go win other than the lack of success the year before. So with that being said, not that this was a, a lack of success from Giorgios, but it was something that left him desiring more. And I, I think that, of course, this is a result of that. So we look at his standings here, and, I mean, he had a pretty good showing overall. You know, he went uh, – he has a score of 454 in regards to points accumulated throughout the one, two, three, four, five tests – um, technically there were only four workouts, but there were five scores. And with that being said, the scores were crazy close folks. I mean, we got Tudor Magda sitting at six, who was also on the outside looking in at the CrossFit games this year. He did not perform the way that I think a lot of us maybe expected him to perform, um, at the semifinal this year, but he had 451 points. Aniel Akai is sitting in seventh with 450 points. And then you get to the top five and Giorgios only has three more points than him at 454. He is tied at number four with Travis Mayer. And if you've fallen along Travis Mayer, he's had a very stouted CrossFit Games career. They've been to the game several times and many of them consecutive. Um, he uh, is at a training think tank. He is a, 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 an affiliate owner. He has many children. Um, he's married. 
Um, he, he's got a lot going on in his life, but he has had a tremendous career. Uh, honestly, underspoken about, underpublicized, and, and undervalued in regards to what he's brought to the community, in my opinion. Um, we're kind of a part of the same generation. I'm a little bit older than him, but uh, you know, I remember getting into the space competing against Travis and many different things like the, the OC Throwdown. Um, and, and just really seeing him, Wadapalooza, and just really seeing him around the space so much and watch his evolution through time and what he and Max L has Max El Hodge have been, been able to do as a as a team and probably one of the longest standing teams in the game in regards to coach and athlete. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's been amazing. But nonetheless, he had an injury this year. So he didn't he didn't even go after it. And uh he it, he started getting himself back in shape. He started training with Alexis Raptis and probably Noah and a few other games athletes out of that camp throughout the summer, doing what he could do. And now all of a sudden he's piecing things back together. And I, you know, this, this, this is a really, really good showing for him. And I'm very excited um, to see him compete at rogue um, this year. And then of course, in third place, we got the second uh, fittest man in the world last year, Ricky Garrard. Um, now Ricky separated his shoulder uh, and, and, and he tore it up bad. Okay. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't know the details, but he tore up his shoulder bad. It was a mountain biking accident. Every one of you that's listening to this podcast likely knows and understands that, but we didn't get to see him show his capacity this year. A lot of us talked about that. We're there at the CrossFit games as analysts or covering it that while the programming this year in the CrossFit games looked like it really would have suited our boy, Ricky Garrard. I am super pumped that he's not only fit enough because we saw that even as he recently competed in a high rocks competition in Australia, taking second. And I believe the pro division, um, he, he got his fitness back. He got his legs underneath him. I'm certain that he's been training his strength, but what's most impressive to me is that Ricky hit a three Oh three triple overhead squat, um, that he was able to successfully hit repetitive repetitions above 245 pounds in a snatch with all those wall-facing strict handstand push-ups. Like, to see his capacity and where it stands, being that he went through a, a full-blown surgery and, of course, probably was quite patient in his recovery. I know nothing Ricky does is going to be patient. So shout-out to Justin Kotler for keeping him in line and, and yet allowing him the freedom to get ready for something like this. Um, and I say that because I'm a coach myself and I know that this can be a battle. It's like, do you let Ricky off the chain right now? Is it the best thing for him? It's showing its fruits. Okay. So they've been, they've been in their bag. They've been doing their thing when it comes to training and recovery. And of course this has allowed him to show his fitness here. Ricky with a score of, um, I, I mentioned that, that Georgios and, and Travis were tied at 454. Ricky with 455. This is, again, how close standings are. And then we've got William, a.k.a. Bill Leahy, at number two with 456 points. Now, Bill Leahy also withdrew from the semifinal in the West this year. A tremendous athlete. He was on the demo team last year, and it, he, he was someone who – um, turned a lot of heads with his presence. Um, the things that he was capable of as a demo athlete, the, 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 the scores that he would post, um, and, and, and overall just his fitness in general, right? The things that he was capable of. And then it's kind of like, he's one of these athletes where when will he seize the moment? Right. And, and, and as a fan, you got to understand this. Everybody and their mom is fit at this level. Everybody, we could go down through the top 40, of the rogue invitational here, folks, and everybody and their mama is fit, right? And I say that because they all got the capacity to do the thing. 
Okay. They can all run a fast 5k. They can all do uh, 20 to 25 unbroken ring muscle ups. They can all walk on their hands the length of a football field. They, they, they can all clean and jerk 350. They can all snatch, um, you know, 280 and, and above, right? Like th this is, this is kind of like, these are becoming quantitative measures that are the run of the mill when you're talking about the fittest on earth. But the separator is this, their ability, their mind, their heart, their ability to seize the moment when the lights are the brightest. Young Bill Leahy, we're going to see when he is able to take that step forward and not just have this fitness because he's got it, but be able to express it at the right at the right time and in the right place in order to be successful in punching his ticket to the CrossFit Games. Um, and then, okay, let's go ahead and continue this on. Number one, Victor Hoffer. Now, Victor Hoffer is a young athlete. Kind of another baby face killer. Um, if I could describe him physically, uh, a bit of a wiry lad. Uh, not necessarily, not so I'm not calling you small, Victor, nothing like that. Uh, but, but you know, reminds me of James Hobart, right? Um, and, and, and here's the deal we haven't seen him at the CrossFit Games yet, but we know that in 2021 and in 2022, relatively on a solid team. So he's got experience on the semifinal floor this year. He went individual in the European semifinal and he finished 13th overall. Now, again, extremely competitive semifinal. In fact, one of the most competitive ones that exist. So when you see someone that has this capacity, finished 13th, he's on the come up of his career. He's flexed the experience side by, uh, you know, kind of hiding himself within a team and probably gaining tremendous amounts of experience, but also fitness training at a, at a high level um, with CrossFit Lowlands. I'm sorry, at the CrossFit Lowlands throwdown is where he where he threw down there for the in those semifinals. Um, but when he did that, and he's now listed at CrossFit Grill, and I'm not sure if that was the team he was on, but you get the idea, the value that it offers young athletes to be on a team like that now to see him again. Now, he's from France, so I'm assuming, you know, he semifinals wrapped. He took his time off. He got back to work sometime during the summer while everyone else that he wants to beat was training for the CrossFit Games. And he got a few months of preparation and a lead on them going into the 2024 season. It's showing right now in instances like this for the Rogue Invitational. Now, uh, when we look at his score, it is a bit more set apart than the rest. I mean, from fifth place to second place, folks, we got two points to separate all those athletes. And then we got Victor Hoffer sitting at the top at 469. To me, that's a statement. Um, he overhead squatted 319 for, for a triple. Um, he's got some fast, fast times for a lot of these scores. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited to see, uh, you know, what happens with uh, this leaderboard, this, this overall um, leaderboard with Victor, Bill, Ricky, Travis, and Giorgios. And if they will accept the invitation, you got to assume that they're ready to compete and that's why they wanted to do it. So it's going to be exciting on the men's side. Some notable people who gave this thing a run were Tyler Christopher finishing eighth, Jason Hopper at 10th. Uh, and I'm a little surprised by this. Okay. And here's the reason I say this. Jason Hopper had a very less than performance at the CrossFit games. We're just going to call it like it is. I'm sure he would agree and say the same thing. He just didn't step up. He didn't show his fitness. Some things could have been off. I don't know. And it personally, it's none of my business, but it's all my business because I'm sitting here talking about it. I'm an analyst of the sport. I get to do things and talk about these athletes. Less than desirable. For him to stick his neck out on the line and go ahead and throw it out at this and finish 10th, to me, it's a pretty good sign. Now, these tests are, are tests that I would assume uh, Jay would do well at. Um, so even to find himself on the outside looking in, I know that that 
does that does that hurt his pride? Does this blunt the momentum that he's hoping to create this offseason? Right? Did he say like, hey, I'm going to get focused. I'm qualifying for Rogue. I'm going to Rogue. Was that like his mindset? And then did that make it more sensitive now that he's not going to Rogue? Right. And you got to think about that again, like I was talking about with Justin Kotler and even considering this with Ricky Garrard, like, is this an okay time for, for Matt or Jake, whoever decided to, uh, from the HWPO camp to be like, yo, Jay, go for this, go do this thing. Like was the, was the time appropriate? And now does this beat him down even more that he didn't qualify for the rogue? I don't know, but I, these are all considerations that I take and that I think about as an athlete and as a coach. So I'm assuming that you guys think about it too. And if you don't now, you know, um, let's see. Jack Rosema, 15th, Luca Jukic, uh, 16th, James Sprague, 18th, Jorge Fernandez, of course, a part of CrossFit Invictus that would just won the affiliate cup, finished in 19th. Jorge was able to finish in the top five last year and punch his ticket to Rogue. So we got to watch him compete. Colton Mertens, Mertens gave it a run, finished 22nd, Alex Vigneault, 23rd, Alexander Caron, 24th, Joshua Alchama. Um, who also is on CrossFit Invictus team, finished 25th. Uldis Upenix, 27th. Um, I'm skipping by a lot of names. I'm kind of throwing some notables out there. Royce Dunn, 32. Nick Matthew, 33. Uh, Christoph Horvath, of course, Laura's brother, uh, 35th. Um, let's see. And we'll, we'll kind of stop there. That, that kind of puts us through the top 40. Let's jump to the female side and talk the ladies a little bit. Now, um, we're going to start down at the bottom at Elena Karatala Sanhuja. And again, um, Elena, forgive me if I am pronouncing your name inappropriately. Um, again, doing my best that I can. This was short notice. I just hopped on and just started recording. So nonetheless, uh, we have seen her at the CrossFit Games in 2022. She was at the Games. And um, let's see, she finished 38th. She was the 38th fittest woman in the world in 2022. This year, she finished 27th in the European semifinal. Now, again, not following her super closely, but I know that she finished 40th in quarters. Um, and I'm talking 40th in the world. She finished 18th in Europe. And in regards to the Open, folks, she finished first in Europe. And she finished seventh in the world. To me, this shows that she might be a little bit more body weight you know, centric in regards to like a lighter athlete, uh, highly cyclical, good at gymnastics, good inverted, um, good with local muscle endurance in the shoulders. We know that got tested at a high level in the open in regards to that snatch and wall walking handstand push-up test. But nonetheless, one of the fittest women in the world and, and, and almost at each phase, as the test got a little bit more broader, uh, she had less success. So again, this is one of those athletes, chip on the shoulder, hungry, got in her bag shortly after semifinals. I don't know if she was healthy taking that taking that test for a ride. I don't know if all the ergs gave her struggle. I don't know if the heavy sled gave her struggle. The max lift gave her struggle, right? There's a lot of things to consider. I need to go back, do some more homework and watch her perform. Shout out to CrossFit. Let's go ahead and get that wide view so I can watch these athletes all perform and not be limited to what's actually shown just right there, right? Let's get that wide view. I'll pay for it for me to watch individually, not to fund, of course, everyone to see it, but I'd assume everybody that is interested would would put out a little cash and investment to be able to watch that that wide view study some film a little bit um look for her to finish like that again chip on the shoulder she got in her bag she rested and she got to work she finished fifth and on this on the leaderboard here um you know sorry i'm, I'm pulling up the wrong thing so I'm, I'm a little lost uh 463 points now 
unlike the men, there's a healthier gap here between fifth and sixth place. Christine Kohlenbrander coming fresh off the CrossFit Games, finished in sixth with 447. Elena had 463, so a bit of a gap there. Then we get to Manon Aganes, and she, let's see here. She finished 35th at the CrossFit Games this year. Okay, so she was there. Um, she somehow got deloaded and reloaded and maybe it was getting cut. Maybe it was the fact that she had in her mind that she wanted to go back to rogue anyways. I know that she was present last year, but she got her fitness to where it needed to be so she could thrive. And I'd be interested. I'd love to have conversations with some of these athletes and be like, yo, what, what was your time off? Like, like, how did you, how did you even feel psychologically and physiologically ready to go to this intensity and this qualifier being that the, that the CrossFit games was just such a short while ago. And I got to be honest and I'll share with you guys. Um, a, a lot of times making it there is what fires you up, right? So it's like, whether you had success at the CrossFit games or not, it's a simple fact that you made it it, 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 it fueled your fire. So perhaps she's dealing with a little bit of that. Um, and, and maybe that was exactly what she needed it to be. And she has 466 points. Then Taylor Howe from CrossFit Faction. Um, let's see. What do I know about Taylor? Okay. Taylor Howe, she's from the United Kingdom. Um, she... Finished 21st this year in the European semifinal. We have yet to see her at the CrossFit Games. Um, but she's been in the game for a minute. Doing the Open since 2015. She quarterfinals finished 59th in the world, 23rd in Europe. She'd been on a team in 2018 way back in the day. Um her semifinal appearances, though, she'd been, she been rocking it and rolling it since 2021. And she did get to participate in the last chance qualifier in 2022. Of course, we know if you followed the season closely this year, they, they removed that aspect of our season in 2023. But finishing 21st in Europe wouldn't have gotten her the opportunity to do the last chance qualifier anyways. But again, um, what we're looking at here is an athlete that had plenty of time to deload and reload and, of course, uh, do her thing in her training. She is tied in points with number two, Sydney McAlishan, who we've seen um, at the CrossFit Games before, I think. Let's see. I'm quite sure. Don't uh, don't get it twisted, folks. I have a pretty short memory. But, yeah, she's been there twice, 2021 and 2022. Um, 2022, she finished overall in 31st place um, and was also cut in 2021. But, you know, these are things to keep in mind in regards to where athletes are in their career, where they're finishing against other top contenders in our sport. Um, this year, she ended up finishing 15th in North America West, uh, which, of course, when you look at, at the layout, Okay, just to be fair, the layout of the West and the East, North America West, certainly a bit of a weaker uh, competitive field on the female side than North America East. And I think that that's relatively reflected in the CrossFit game standing. This is actually something we need to go back and revisit. Maybe I'll talk about it on another episode is what did the standing shake out like East and West in the top 10, in the top 20 at the CrossFit games versus on uh, the field of strength, the amount of spots that they got. Um, and of course we know this will all influence what happens in 2024 with the availability of spots from the West and the East and Europe and Oceania, et cetera, um, is based on how, how athletes perform, which is, 
Of course, I'm a big fan of that and interested to see how it continues to play out. But nonetheless, Sydney McAlishan, she came, she handled business. Um, probably another chip on her shoulder, probably a fresh body and fresh mind with watching others take the field. And uh, now she's she's ready to go get it at Rogue. Danny Spiegel, folks, number one. Now, this is the one. I got some things here. Okay, Danny Spiegel. Spiegel been getting all kinds of riffraff and hate. Okay, Spiegel said that she's not really focused on the CrossFit Games so much. She she wants to build her own personal brand. She wants to be bigger than CrossFit. All those things. I don't hate on those things because, um, you know, as an athlete, I think that that you can't only be you know a businessman, but you got to understand that you're a business man or woman, right? So she understands that. And I think Rogue, she identifies as an opportunity, not only an opportunity for her career, but also an opportunity for her to thrive in regards to the way the test plays out. They had a long endurance event last year. They threw on a ruck and they did a lot of running. There were sandbags in it. She was chilling, like chilling in the back, right? She wasn't worried about that. She put on her t-shirt though for that log lift and she showed out um, girls who eat right or, or girls that eat or or or, or whatever I'm, I'm sorry i'm danny that i'm uh you know perverting the slogan but she's she's got some off the field success out of the gym success with building her own personal brand she's making it what she wants to make it she didn't qualify to the crossfit games though and she leaned in and said it's more than the crossfit games to me it's all this and all that but at what point is you building a brand a distraction from if you want to stay relevant you got to keep first things first right this is a swing back in the right direction for her. Not only is she showing that she perhaps is keeping first things first, but with strategy. Maybe she wanted to particularly be ready for Rogue because of the stage that that presents, because of the way that it's broadcast, because of the smaller field, because of her ability to have success with the way these tests play out versus maybe she was going to be on the struggle bus a lot of the CrossFit games this year. Sure, she'd have got the uh, shine and, and, the, and the clean and jerk and the snatch. Great. But maybe this is even more valuable for her. Maybe the scope is a little bit more narrow at the Rogue Invitational or even more broad in the sense that it really pulls in the strongman crowd as well. And what other women wouldn't want to see another woman from uh, the, the strongman world competing and being physically strong and doing her thing? So Danny Spiegel, shout out to you. This could be one of the best PR moves that I've seen in quite a while. And I, I think it's an ode to her fitness because let me tell you, she blew everybody out of the water. She finished with a, a total of 486 points. Sydney McAlishan was second with 469 that's a big gap of separation. When we look about how close the scores were throughout, but folks, this is, I just want to give you a basic rundown of the top five. It's kind of always a checkup on with where some athletes are, who's willing to stick their neck out on the line post CrossFit games. And also who has some urgency in regards to creating momentum for the 2024 CrossFit season. Um, I think this is a place where two things happen. You put an exclamation point on your season that just passed, or you build that momentum for the season to come. We're going to see some new faces rise here. Um, and, and I'm not saying new faces like brand new. We know most of the field is going to be made up of athletes that were at the CrossFit Games. But there's going to be opportunity for people who, who didn't perform that great at the Games. And they're going to have a chance to go get it at Rogue. Because the, the programming is different. It's a quality show. It's in the heat of the, the, the tail end of uh, the, the season. But really, to me, it's, the, it's, the, it's that first taste of 2024, right? It's not quite Wadapalooza, but we're getting there. Um, and, and again, I'm going to finish here with some women real quick. Um, you know, Christine Colombander, very close second. Kyra Milligan, an athlete to watch closely. I know that she's out of uh, underdog's camp. 
and uh, she went on a team with Mayhem this year, but finishing seventh. Um, now, again, this is the style of competition she's going to lean into and do well at. She's a power-based athlete, um, so she had a chance here and, and wasn't wasn't able to quite to, to seize the seize the points needed to punch her ticket. Sarah Sigmund's daughter finished ninth. It's good to see her back in it. I know she's also out there with Kotler now, which is relatively new as of like semifinals this year. Lauren Fisher finished tenth. Uh, Brittany Weiss, a CrossFit Invictus athlete. Um, finished 12th. Uh, let's see any other notables. And, and I'm going to leave some athletes out. I apologize. Ashley Wozni finished 20th overall. Um, let's see. Victoria Campos got back on it and uh, she finished 21st. I, I, by the way, I was surprised kind of to see Guy not go get it. Uh, does Guy get invited anyways? I don't know. Hey, it's Rogue's event. Katie and Bill can invite whoever they want. I'll say, yo, invite the showstopper. See see where Guy's at if he wants to throw down. Um, I thought maybe he would be ready and want to go get it here. Maddie Sturt finished 22nd. Um, Devin Kim, also from CrossFit Invictus on the team. Um, I see another CrossFit Invictus athlete, Emily Rethwell. It, again, I don't know a ton about her particularly, but it just stands out to me that she's coming out of that gym again. Uh, Zoe Warren out of Backcountry Cro CrossFit. Uh, we got uh, Caroline Prevo, 31st. Um, let's see, Elia Miller, 34th. And then Christy Bishop at a CrossFit Torian, 39th. So there are, uh, there are some notable folks that are on the outside looking in. Um, respect to everybody who was at the CrossFit Games, either on a team or indie, and you're already throwing your hat in the ring because that's not easy to do. That's not easy to do. Uh, but nonetheless, folks, I'm going to get off here. Um, I wanted to shoot my shot in regards to just a quick synopsis of what I see on the leaderboard. I'm going to try to keep up with a lot of the sport uh, this offseason a little bit more closely, and it's going to be just me here I'm shooting it for the most part, giving you guys my thoughts and my analysis, and, of course, always willing to share my opinion. I hope that you enjoy it. Um, tune in for some of the short format episodes that are meant to help you get your mind right and stay focused on the task at hand to continue to see growth and continue to rise to new levels within your own life. Um, and those are, of course, uh, some some episodes that I drop kind of periodically throughout the week as we go. But hopefully you, you guys enjoyed this. Um, I don't know if I'll be broadcasting or on the team at Rogue but I really enjoyed it last year. Um, and either way, even if I'm not, I'm going to find a way to, to talk about it and maybe even be broadcasting it to you here from the, the comforts of my own home. Um, so we'll see um, how that all plays out, folks. But thanks for joining me. Um, have a great rest of your day wherever you're at. And uh, go get some fitness. Don't just listen to it. <laughs>